When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and today is our exciting President's Day podcast. Burr, burr, burr. And I have a very special guest. You guys, this is maybe twice in a couple months, but it's Jeffrey. I've brought him back. I'm here You're again. Here again. And Jeffrey has tried for a very, 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 very long time to figure out how on earth he could combine the Kennedys somehow with a story of Disney World or Disneyland. Because as I've told you guys before, Jeffrey's obsessed with the parks, the Disney parks. It's true. Yeah, so much so that he is a travel agent on the side for fun because he was planning all of our friends' trips for free. I think I've told you all that before. And I was like, hey, you should make money off this. So now he is, which by the way, is a completely free service. So Jeffrey can plan your trips. I'll put a link in the description of this episode for you to book him. He's great. He's specializes in Disney, but can book anything and he's great. It's true. All inclusives, cruises, European vacays. But yes, yes Disney, Disney's my fave. It's his fave. It's my special. It's his thing. So after all this back and forth of him being like, what about this? And I'd be like, no, that's really dumb. Or what about this idea? And I'm like, no, that's not gonna work. He came up with a great idea for President's Day. It's true. And I was like, you know what? Go for it. Let's do it. So he has provided countless hours. That's not true. It wasn't that long. No, but no. a lot of research went into this. And what are we going to talk about today, Jeff? We are going to talk about Disney and the presidents. All the presidents. Which that's probably making th- people think, I'm sorry. Like, how do those go together? But you guys, By the end, you'll be like, wow. They really go together. And don't turn this off because it's interesting. I'm, I'm telling you. It's true. So, and plus, we sound so entertaining and fun. Why would anybody want to turn it off? Yeah, exactly. Totally. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, take it away. Yeah. And I mean, not only is that the perfect time to talk about this, because it's also the 100th anniversary of the Disney Company. Look at this. Yeah. Who would have thought? Phenomenal, phenomenal time to do this podcast. Um, so, I have a few sources. Just want to get that out of the way. Do it. Uh, Walt Disney Family Museum, Touring Plans Blog. Mouse Planet and a couple more that I'll kind of name Mouse as I go Planet. throughout. Yes, okay. <laughs> you have you guys have no this idea. This is a deep hole, <laughs> you guys. Like Disney, very deep. It's it's crazy. So I have to start out talking about the guy who created it all, Walt. Mm-hmm. Walt had a great love for America from a very early age. Patriotism just ran in his blood. Um, one of the big things that he really was kind of obsessed with as a child was he really admired President Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. And there's kind of a funny story to go with that. In the fifth grade, on Lincoln's birthday, uh, according to Bob Thomas's Walt Disney, an American original book, uh, here's a quote here, Walt converted his father's derby into a stovepipe hat and cardboard and shoe polish, borrowed his father's church deacon coat and swallowtail added crepe hair to his chin and a wart to his cheek. Mm-hmm. He dressed up just like Abe Lincoln. He recited the Gettysburg Address for his class that day. 
And the principal saw it. He was so impressed that he had him do it for his entire school. Walt continued that tradition till the day he graduated. Every single year, oh, I love that. he would dress up as Abraham Lincoln and recite the Gettysburg Address. That's amazing. Which also, if you follow uh, Kennedy Dynasty on Instagram, your friend Haley did an incredible quotation. I had to. I just, I I just thought of it off the top of my head. Hey, shout out Haley. We love you. Shout out Haley, Haley to the fastest recitation of Gettysburg Address. Yeah. Guinness World Record. Yes. Find that on Instagram. All right. More about Walt. Um, fast forward 50 years. And it's time for the World's Fair, 1964 to 1965. Uh, He and his Imagineers created a special exhibit featuring an animatronic Abraham Lincoln. It was so well-received that on July 18th, 1965, they debuted Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln in Disneyland as a full-blown attraction. Uh, Back then, attractions did require special tickets to get in, so Walt included a free ticket to this show with every park admission. The back of the ticket read, quote, So young people may have a better knowledge of the man who played such an important part in American history. Walt Disney invites you to be his guest to spend a few great moments with Mr. Lincoln. Ever since I was a youngster, I've had a great personal admiration for Abraham Lincoln. So when we decided to bring to Disneyland's visitors some great moments in Mr. Lincoln's life, we began an exhaustive research. We wanted to bring to the people today the inspiring words of the man who held this nation together during its moment of greatest crisis, the Civil War. To start with, we were fortunate in being able to secure this life mask of the 16th president. How do we get this blame? This is actually a copy of an original life mask by the sculptor Leonard Bulwer. Before Lincoln was president. Before Lincoln was president. Before he had a beard. That's right. During our exhaustive research into Lincoln's life, we studied his mannerisms, his gestures, and even his voice characteristics to create a faithful likeness of this honored man. The final result is so lifelike that you might find it hard to believe. And so this led to his original dream of creating the Hall of Presidents, which eventually opened on October 1st, 1971 in Walt Disney World. And fun fact about Hall of Presidents, what do you think I'm going to say, Jeff? I have no clue. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's one of my favorites, along with Carousel of Progress, which I think I posted this on Instagram while we were at Disney a couple weeks ago. But we should have known I was going to be a history nerd because since I was, I've been a child, Hall of Presidents, Carousel of Progress, like those are the two rides kids don't like, and I love them. They're phenomenal. Everyone should visit those attractions. They should be staples in your Magic Kingdom visit. I agree. Every time. I agree. All right, proceed. So the Hall of Presidents is an attraction located in Liberty Square at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, It's in Disney World, not Disneyland. It features a film, the current film in there. It's been updated several times, but it's called The Idea of a President. I think it's extremely well done. It's so good. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. The score, it's just incredible. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives 
that that nation might live. So that plays, and then towards the end, they unveil animatronic figures of every president, one through 46, all of them there. But um, it ends with the current president reciting the oath of office. Once again, we place our trust in the idea of a president, as we have from the beginning. My fellow citizens, no event could have filled me with greater anxieties than that notification on the 14th day of April, 1789, that you had selected me to lead our nation. But it was with the confidence of my fellow citizens that I took an oath, 35 simple words that have been repeated by every American president throughout history. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States, and I will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. So help me God. What do you think about JFK's animatronic? Everybody says they did him so dirty. <laughs> he doesn't there's, look There's like a lot him. of them that look dirty. Yeah, but like, <laughs> come on, get JFK right, right? So I do have one clip that we'll put um, in the show notes. I won't play this one on the air, but in the show notes, we have a video clip where President Obama actually posted a social media clip of him recording his audio and movements for Hall of Presidents at the White House. So they had a whole crew come in, record the audio. They even did video of his movements so they could replicate it with the animatronic. Pretty cool little uh, behind-the-scenes piece if you want to look at that. Now we have to get to presidential visits to Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Let's do it. Pretty much every president since Harry S. Truman has visited either Walt Disney World or Disneyland. President Truman visited Disneyland in 1957 with his wife, First Lady Bess Truman. He rode everything but Dumbo. Do you know why? Because he's an elephant. Exactly. He thought it would look funny and weird for a Democrat to be riding an elephant, which is the symbol of the Republican Party. It's actually a really good publicity move for him not to do that. It is. <laughs> All right, next we have President Dwight D. Eisenhower. He had two visits after his presidency in 1961 and 1963. Uh, Walt and his animators also helped create the popular campaign commercial in 1952, I Like Ike. Interesting, because Disney was union, work rules prohibited partisan activities. So all the work had to be done off work hours. They could not be paid. So they did a ton of pro bono work for Ike for this commercial. And I'll put a little clip of that in there. I was about to say, yeah, we need a clip. You like Ike, I like Ike. All right, now we have President John F. Kennedy. Hmm. Uh, he did not actually visit Disneyland as president, but he did visit as a senator, and that was in 1959. He attended a meeting at Disneyland Hotel and met with the president of Guinea at Disneyland Park. Should we tell the people what we just had to do? <laughs> <laughs> Should we? We just had to pause this podcast for a good five minutes because I was like, no, that happened during his presidency. And Jeffrey's like, no, it didn't. This is from Disney World's website. And I was like... 
Yeah, but I remember reading on JFK Library or in a book or something that, that, that he met with him in 1962. And so I went down a rabbit hole to try to find where he met with him in 1962. And I was right, and, he, and Jeffrey was right. He met with him both in 59 as a senator and 1962. So Amazing. I, my brain was just like, well, <laughs> wait, well, well, record scratch. That's incredible. <laughs> there's, another, there's another moment. <laughs> okay, good. All right, continue. continuing on with uh, President Kennedy. Uh, so that was really his only visit. Um, after he was assassinated, Disney Disneyland was closed on the 23rd as a national day of mourning. And if you guys know Disney parks at all, they do not close ever. Uh, so literally the day after his assassination was maybe a, in one and a handful of times that Disneyland has ever closed its doors besides COVID. So another Kennedy, kind of sidebar from the president's a little bit, Bobby Kennedy had a visit to Disneyland with six of his children and John Glenn. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was actually two days before his assassination. We found some great photos of Bobby and his kids and John Glenn visiting in Disneyland that I'm sure Allison will post on the Instagram. Yep. All right, on to Richard Nixon. So Nixon loved Disney parks. Uh, he visited Disneyland first in 1955 when he was Eisenhower's VP. And then his second visit was in 1959 for the opening of the brand new Disneyland monorail. So he and his family were the first guests to ever experience it besides the people that built it. And there's kind of a funny story that I read. His daughters begged for a second trip around the monorail loop. They just hopped in the cabin where the pilot was, who was uh, famed Imagineer Bob Gurr at the time, who helped build and design the monorails. And the Secret Service were not notified of this. A story from Bob Gurr says he remembers looking out the side of the window and seeing Secret Service just sprinting no, down no. the loading platform trying to catch up. Like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> um, he had two more visits in 1961 and 1968. Uh, he was president when Walt Disney World opened in Florida. And so his first visit to Disney World was not his best. That was the event where he participated in the live Q&A at the contemporary resort where he've made the famous quote i am not a crook and i'll insert and a clip of that here at the contemporary it happened at the contemporary resort Whoa, yeah you guys that's crazy so here's a clip of that here and i want to say this to the television audience i made my mistakes but in all of my years of public life i have never profited never profited from public service i've earned every cent and in all of my years of public life i have never obstructed justice and I think, too, that I can say that in my years of public life, that I welcome this kind of examination because people have got to know whether or not their president is a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. I've earned everything I've got. On to President Ford. Uh, he visited Disneyland in 1975. That's all I found on that. Okay. I guess nothing really interesting happened, but he did <laughs> he make a visit. He enjoyed Disney World. He did. So on to President Jimmy Carter. In 1978, he attended the 26th World Congress of the International Chamber of Commerce held inside Magic Kingdom Park at Walt Disney World. Now, during this visit, he was one of the first to see the top-secret Epcot plans that was supposed to open in 1982. And I found something really interesting looking at this. It was from the uh, Jimmy Carter Library. They posted a PDF of his presidential diary that day. And I had never looked at one of these before. It's really mm -hmm. neat. Yeah. I'll post a link to it in the uh, description. But it literally starts out... Wakes up at 6 a.m., 9.50, goes to church, 10 a.m., goes to Sunday school, 12.34, flies to Kennedy Space Center. I mean, it's extremely detailed and very, very interesting to read. Next up is President Ronald Reagan. 
1955, when Disneyland first opened, he was actually the television co-host of ABC's live coverage of the event. And I'll post just a little clip of that here. Hi, Ronnie. Hi, Ronnie. How are you? Just fine. And say, I, uh, I've seen you since we left the bus early this morning here. Well, we had a nice ride out, and we've had a big day here. Oh, boy. Can you see it all in one day? Oh, it's impossible. It's a fabulous place. And that gets me around to the other point. You're sort of uh, interested in a hotel arrangement around here, aren't yes, you? Yes. Uh, we're building the Disneyland Hotel, which is right at the exit to Disneyland Park. And you and Nancy have got to bring the kids and come out and stay with us. When are you going to open? Uh, we're opening uh, part of it in September and the rest of it in January, Ronnie. We shall be there in September. In 1983, he visited Epcot to see the American Adventure, and he loved it. I don't know about you, but I love the American Adventure. Okay, I love the American Adventure, and we just traveled to Disney with our friends, and they were like, wah, wah, that was boring. And me and Jeffrey were like in tears, like, and, it's beautiful. America, Although spread our- your golden wings. America, spread your golden wings. Sail on freedom's wind across the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Tears. Go. Um, but our daughter did fall asleep, so. If you, you either wanna, love it or you hate it. You know what? If you don't love it, just go in there and take a break and get some air conditioning. That's true. But we love and it. And be inspired by America. So in 1985... Uh, a portion of Ronald Reagan's second inaugural celebration was actually postponed in Washington, D.C. due to dangerously cold temps. And so Michael Eisner, who was the CEO at the time, said, why don't we just do it in Epcot? So shortly after that, they had, uh, I think, 18 of the 50 original bands come down to Epcot, do this massive parade with the president and the first lady, uh, I think there's even video of Mickey Mouse kissing Nancy Reagan on the lips at some point. <laughs> Very odd. We love to see it. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, but the parade ended with fireworks, 15,000 balloons being released, and four F-16s flying over Epcot. That's a lot of balloons to release. It, it really is. That and would not happen today. <laughs> no, they would not. And I'll just include a uh, quick clip of that here. Disney World Epcot Center in Florida. Welcome to Memorial Day coverage of the President's inaugural Bands Parade. Well, indeed, it is an honor for me to be here today to receive a magnificent gift that I received and a second and very much warmer inauguration day. So one more quick bit of info on Reagan. Uh, After his presidency ended in 1989, he officiated Disneyland's 35th anniversary in 1990. That's cool. So next we have President George H.W. Bush. In 1991, he visited Epcot during Walt Disney World's 20th anniversary, and it was his first Daily Points of Light awards ceremony. Do you know anything about the Daily Points of Light? No. No? Okay. Well, I will educate you. Please do. So this is from Random, the State of New Jersey's website. The Daily Points of Light Awards programs are designed to honor those who have made a commitment to connect Americans through service and help meet critical needs in their communities, especially focused on the goals for children and youth set by the President's Summit for America's Future. Cool. So that was the first ceremony for that, and President Bush actually in 2004 named Walt Disney World a Daily Point of Light. Oh, I love that. He did, and I'll include a quick clip from that ceremony. Uh, Walt Disney once said, The greatest moments in life 
are not concerned with selfish achievements, uh, but rather with the things we do for the people. And he was absolutely right. And that creed brings us together in this extraordinary place, sharing this extraordinary day. So President Bush, W. Bush, and President Clinton visited Walt Disney World during their presidencies, but they didn't actually visit the parks. They just came to various conventions at the resorts and gave some speeches and things like that. I don't know if they've visited since then. Maybe they have, maybe they have. I sure hope they have. I've surely experienced the magic. Most magical place on earth. So the last one I have here is President Barack Obama. He visited Walt Disney World in 2012 and gave a speech on the Main Street Hub. This speech was given from a closed area on Main Street, USA. Uh, They left the park open that day, so the whole rest of the area was open, but Main Street was closed off just to invite a guest. But they closed down Hall of Presidents and turned on a live feed of the speech in the Hall of Presidents attraction. Yeah, it was really neat. There's actually video of it on YouTube. Wow. But I'll include a quick clip from that speech here. And, and a place like Disneyland represents uh, that quintessentially American spirit. This image is something that's recognized all around the world. And this weather is something that people appreciate uh, all around the world, including uh, the northern parts of this country. So uh, we want everybody to come. All who are watching, Disney World and Florida are open for business, but we want people all around the world to know the same, and we are going to do everything we can to make sure that we're continuing to boost tourism for decades to come. Thank you very much, everybody. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. So our latest two presidents, President Trump and President Biden, I could not find any record of them visiting. So that is all I have on presidential visits. Quite a lot. A lot more than I ever realized. Absolutely. You did pull together this episode. I told you there was a lot of info. Bravo. One more bit of info. Uh, Disneyland and Walt Disney World petting zoos have apparently been homes for presidential pardon turkeys throughout the years. Presidential pardon perkies. (laughs) 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 That's amazing. I love that so much. Wow. Jeff, hand clap. Very good. You did it. I did it. It's taken three years yep, for me to true. finally agree to it. <laughs> but this was the best. I mean, you have to admit, you've, tra- you've tried to pull some some weird stories together. It's true. I kept trying, and then finally I finally. thought, it's President's Day. Perfect. I we can talk about all presidents on President's think, Day. Didn't this idea hit you in Disney? I think and it I did. And I was like, wait. I think it did. Hell yeah. Let's Absolutely. Absolutely. So, thank you very much. This is a very special President's Day episode. Absolutely. And I have just a couple recommendations for oh, the okay. end, because I know you do like to do your recommendation segment. I do. Of course, then we would uh, recommend it. So my first recommendation is a book called The Backstories and Magical Secrets of Walt Disney World, Volume 1. This is, covers Main Street USA, Liberty Square, and Frontierland. And I've actually read this book, and it has a huge section talking about the idea of Hall of Presidents, how it was built, the Imagineers. I mean, it's just... If you really want to do a deep dive into Hall of Presidents, this book has it. And we'll include a link to that in the description. Great. My second recommendation is kind of has two parts. First is a book by Bethany Bemis, and it is called Disney Theme Parks and America's National Narratives, Mirror, Mirror for Us All. And I haven't read this book yet. 
but it came out recently and it's on my love that title. It's on my top list to read. Uh, And one of the bylines of it is how legitimization by presidents and other national figures gave the theme park standing. No other entertainment space has. So cool. Yeah. Didn't you say that she's like with Smithsonian or something? Yes. That's my second part. She is a curator at the Smithsonian and she has a new exhibit opening up in April of this year. April 15th, and it'll run through March 2024, and it's called Mirror Mirror for Us All, Disney Parks and the National Narrative. And a description from the Smithsonian website says, This document's gallery exhibit explores how Disney theme parks serve as locations of public memory, their relationship to stories of American history, and how the parks and the public are both adapting to new understandings of the American experience by complicating historical narratives. If anyone from the Smithsonian is listening, we would love to come and... A little media preview. Absolutely. You know My DMs are open. <laughs> travel agent Jeff. Yeah. Speaking of that, we call all of our friends call Jeffrey travel agent Jeff. So like if they walk up to greet him, they're like, hey, travel agent Jeff. And that's just, my name now. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but seriously, use him. He's great at what he does. And I, I know I say that about all your amazing talents, but you really are great at all the things. And so. At travel agent Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. And what's, is that on Facebook too? Yes, all social media platforms at Travel Agent Jeffrey. And then we will put a direct link. Guys, travel agents are free. They work on commission. So you don't have to worry about anything. But the best thing about the travel agent is they plan your entire trip for you, and they also get you way better deals than you can get by yourself. So even though they work off commission, they're doing their best to get you the best deal And that commission, so like Disney, you're going to pay the same price to Disney whether you use me or not. Right. Disney will take the cut. On their end, exactly. if you use me. Exactly. So I'm telling you guys. And Jeffrey, I mean, we went with our friends a couple weeks ago, and I didn't have to worry about anything. They didn't have to worry about anything. Disney is a difficult trip. It's if complicated. You, if you do not have someone help you. And we got to just soar through there. Soaring, you know. You're welcome. No pun intended. Use Jeff. This was great, Jeff. Thank you so much. Fun President's Day episode. I think Absolutely. this is very unique. I Happy don't think President's anyone else Day. will do this one. I can say. Do you think? No, I don't think so. Well, maybe some of the Disney podcasts. Maybe. We'll see. We'll but see. ours will be better. Ours is way better. <laughs> way better. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. America. America. Keep on flying now. Keep your spirit free. What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. My fellow citizens of the world, ask not what America will do for you, but what together we can do for the freedom of man. Come on and vote for Kennedy, vote for Kennedy, keep America strong. Kennedy, he just keeps rolling up. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of the new Medal of Honor podcast from Evergreen Podcasts, brought to you in partnership with the National Medal of Honor Museum. In each three-minute episode, we'll learn about a different service member who distinguished him or herself through an act of valor. 
will include stories from the Civil War to Iraq and Afghanistan, and from all branches of the military. We'll talk about service members who were overlooked for the medal at first due to their race or religion, and about those who were celebrated at the time. We'll hear stories of soldiers like Audie Murphy, future Hollywood star who mounted a burning tank to hold off German infantry in World War II, and people like Dr. Mary Edwards Walker, a Civil War Army doctor and the only woman to receive the Medal of Honor so far. Learn about these heroes and more wherever you get your podcasts.